0: What's up, sis? Welcome to We Got This Sis Podcast, where the topics are real, raw, and transparent. Discovering truth about ourselves, understanding and accepting who we were, who we are now, and who we are becoming. So come on, sis. Grab your drink, and let's ride this wave. And don't forget, we got this. All right, so we're just going to jump right in. Okay. Today's episode is going to be about attachment styles and who That's i have good. yeah have, who i have joining me today is mr reese palmer hey. and i will allow him to introduce himself and let you guys know who he is and what he does
1: awesome well thank you sharon i am so honored to be on the first episode i'm like feeling i'm excited feeling myself a little bit today i'm feeling myself a little
0: you bit should be because you know i was very particular <laughs> about who's going to be on this podcast you know so i'm excited you know um you are very special to me because you're my therapist personally and i'm you know what let me just stop i'm gonna let you introduce yourself first and then i'll let them know who you are today
1: Sure. my name is reese palmer and i'm a licensed marriage and family therapist i'm a psychotherapist clinical psychotherapist here in columbia south carolina I've been in the profession a little over 20 years now. Um, And my wife and I own a private group psychotherapy practice in Northeast Columbia, Palmer Counseling and Consulting. And my wife is also a licensed professional counselor and uh, a life coach. Uh, We are a Christian couple in a Christian family. And we... uh, That's right. (laughs) Shout out to the Lord. And so we we, uh, were... um, You know, uh, in different professions uh, prior to uh, going into our own business and starting our practice, uh, prior to this, my wife was working for the school district as a school counselor and um, I worked for the state and state government. So um, this has been uh, a passion of mine, uh, doing counseling and working with uh, individuals and families and children and couples, uh, as I said, for almost 20 years now. So it is truly uh, a blessing, it is a ministry, it is an honor to be able to meet people where they are and just to watch people grow and heal and blossom and go on to live out their God given purpose. Mm-hmm. So it is truly a blessing and I'm super excited to be on your first episode. I'm excited because <laughs>
0: I'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump in because I want I want them to know because that's great and everything. Yeah. But <laughs> it's best for me to let you guys know why this episode is special to me and why I particularly ask Mr. Palmer to be a part of this episode. Yeah. He is my personal therapist. We started about, and I want to be correct, because I always say about three years. Two to three years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, about um, that.
0: yeah. We've been we've been we've been on this journey together. Let's just say that. And so <laughs> um, it's been a very difficult journey, but What's the word that I want to use?
1: Worthwhile,
0: hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously, because we're here now. And so, yes. <laughs> um, but I say all that to say that um, I'm comfortable here and I've grown a lot through therapy. And so yeah. this is actually one of the things that we're going to talk about today is one of the things that, you know, was an eye opener for me. And I'm yeah. hoping that as we go ahead and jump into this, that it also you know, helps you in some sort of way. So we're going to go ahead and jump into this. I know all of you are thinking like attachment styles, like what is that? So we're going to go ahead and let Mr. Palmer jump into that. So can you tell us what is an attachment style? Like what is it? And describe describe what exactly it is when we're talking about
1: it. Yeah, sure. So a uh, great topic, by the way, Sharon. I think everybody really needs to know a little bit th- about this information, whether or not you're someone who is in counseling currently or, you've been in counseling in the past or you're considering it. These are just things that I think are really, really helpful for everybody to know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like your personality, but it's a little bit different. Um, it's basically the way that you go about creating connections with others and attachment, um, has been a science or a theory that has been developed over three decades mm-hmm. ago, probably close to 40 years ago. And, um, the really, the initial research was really about children and their attachment to their caregivers, typically their parents. Mm-hmm. And so they began to really understand um, how, and John Bowlby was the, the original person, um, you know, uh, psychologist who studied uh, children's infants and then toddlers and children's attachment to their uh, caregivers. And um, over uh, the course of his research and then those who followed him, Um, they were able to determine that the attachment that a child has with their caregivers is super, super important Mm -hmm. for every aspect of their development. Right, right. Emotionally, mentally, their physical development, everything is connected to that caregiver. And so if the child has a very healthy, consistent caregiver, then that child develops um, what we would call normal. They meet their Milestones um, appropriately, and that child um, develops emotionally, physically, and as I said before, uh, psychologically very, very well. And so, attachment styles start from the time that we're children, babies. And so, all of the different relationships, starting with our parents or whoever was part of our village that, you know, kind of came together to help mm-hmm. raise us, mm-hmm. and all of those relationships, all of those attachments form in us, they kind of shape us to have a certain way of attaching as we become adults. And so all of our relationships as we become adults, our romantic relationships, our close friendships are um, very much impacted or very much influenced Mm -hmm. by those early attachment figures. So there's sort of a blueprint for how we go about connecting with others in Mm -hmm. relationships. And there's different types of attachment styles. If you want, we can get into that in a little bit and talk about what the attachment styles look like and how they kind of play out in relationships
0: i'm ready to jump right into it <laughs> and i think I, I think you know i think our listeners would be um ready to as well because it'll make more sense like it sure. did for me you know okay so yeah. if you can go ahead and just describe the different attachment styles and their sure, behaviors
1: sure. Absolutely. So if you if you go online and you Google attachment styles, you know, you'll find um, a, you know, a bunch of di- different variations, but they typically kind of um, kind of fall into three or four different categories. And for my work, I typically keep it simple. I keep it three categories of attachment styles. Like I said, sometimes you'll see four or, or a little bit more. Um, But to keep it real simple, for my work with my clients, I always just use the three basic attachment styles. Mm -hmm. So the first one is called an anxious pursuer. And the anxious pursuer attachment style is somebody who is usually the one in the relationship who's the communicator, right? There's usually that one person in the relationship who does more of the talking, always wants to share with their partner what they're feeling, what they're thinking, is super important for their partner to also communicate with them, Mm -hmm. right, to open up, share their innermost thoughts and feelings with them. So that attachment style is very, very sensitive to any shifts or changes in the relationship. They're very sensitive to to anything that may feel like it's creating any type of a a barrier to the Mm -hmm. connection and intimacy. They are very sensitive to that. So anything that feels like it's coming between them or creating any space or distance emotionally, they are typically the ones that are going to notice it first in the relationship, and they're usually the ones that's going to speak on it first, right? right? right. So those are the anxious pursuers. And then just a little bit about how that type of attachment is formed in a person. Uh, Oftentimes, the anxious pursuer has a uh, significant fear of abandonment. And so that may be because of past relationships where there was abandonment, either physically or emotionally. And it could go all the way back, as I said before, Sharon, to childhood. If they had um, emotionally abandonment experiences from their primary caretakers, like their parents, or whoever, again, was responsible for their day-to-day care, um, they may have experienced abandonment, if not physical abandonment, where one or both parents just it was not there for them and available for them or the child may have felt emotionally abandoned Mm -hmm. like the parents had too much of their own stuff that they were dealing with that they were not really able to emotionally meet their needs that may have followed them into adulthood and so in relationships as i said they tend to be much more sensitive to any um disconnect or any emotional distance from their their loved one so So that's the Yes. So that's the anxious pursuer. So they're constantly checking, putting out feelers, wanting to pull their loved one close to them. Um, They love to be like we use that old term, be up underneath. Mm -hmm. You'll be all up underneath.
0: Clingy, clingy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so they they like that connection. They like that feeling. It feels feels secure to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're seeking. That's what we're all seeking, honestly, in our relationship, Sharon, is a feeling of safety and And security. security. And that's what a good uh, attachment style looks like. Um, So um, the second type is somewhat kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. And that attachment type is called a avoidant attachment style or a uh, distancer, uh, sometimes we call it, or um, um, I forgot what other terminology, but the idea is these individuals tend to be a little bit more um, hesitant to, to really kind of, uh, expose themselves in a very emotional and intimate way. They tend to be a a little bit more reserved with their emotions.
0: They don't Um, want to be vulnerable.
1: They, they, they do have a really, um, um, uh, specific way that they kind of protect that vulnerability within them. And it has to feel super safe for them to be, um, to be open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, They also do not like a lot of conflict, and so they tend to be conflict averse. So if there's anything that feels like it may be getting a little bit heated, they may kind of, again, shut down, withdraw, either physically leave or emotionally just kind of shut down Mm -hmm. and not really respond or engage with the other party, their partner or their loved one. Um, They tend to, um, in terms of the communication styles, they tend to be a little bit less verbose they don't tend to be big communicators, um, they can, um, but they tend to to not um, uh, initiate a lot of deeper kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. and so they tend to be a little bit more guarded with their emotions and feelings, and they're, um, the thing that's most important typically to the avoidance uh, or withdrawers are they tend to be more, um, it, they tend to value sort of being independent and being able to kind of take care of their own needs. So the idea of depending on someone else to take care of them is a little bit uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. So they tend to kind of see themselves as emotionally kind of, they can take care of themselves. They try and that again, they try not to really you know put themselves out there too much. Whereas the anxious pursuer tends to be a little bit more comfortable with depending on someone for their emotional needs. And then also they're okay with that person depending on them. They actually enjoy that connection. Right. Whereas the uh, the withdrawing um, or the withdrawer avoided type is not as comfortable with putting that mm-hmm. type of dependency on someone else and mm-hmm. like to be a little bit more independent with those things uh, with regards to those things. So they tend to be uh, in terms of their deeper attachment needs they tend to be Mm -hmm. much more sensitive to criticism. And they also have, um, typically their uh, underlying fear is one of um, being inadequate. Mm -hmm. And so if there's any type Mm -hmm. of feedback or any type of discussion where they feel inadequate, that's when they tend to shut Shut down down. and withdraw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a really, really hard time often with those types of conversations. And so it's really difficult for them to kind of maintain that feeling when it feels in you know feels unsafe and it feels sometimes overwhelming for them so they don't do good with intense emotions whether it's good or negative they tend to be kind of even keeled they really do not like a whole lot of high energy emotion those are those people that tend to be real laid back most of the time they don't really get too high too low they kind of like to stay in the middle So that's the avoidant withdrawal. They tend to need to be kind of pulled out of the shell a little bit more in relationships. Um, They pretty much won't offer up a lot of things, but they need to be kind of coaxed out. And when they feel safe and secure, they can be good communicators because they want the same thing as the anxious pursuer. They do want that intimacy and that connection. They just go about it a lot different and they're a lot more careful in their relationships. The third type is called a um, disorganized or a fearful attachments Mm style. And the disorganized or fearful person kind of vacillates back and forth between the two that I've just described. So sometimes they're much more uh, anxious and pursuing the connection with their loved one or their partner. And then sometimes they're much more um, ambivalent Mm -hmm. and, and may kind of slow things down. And a lot of times that, type of attachment style comes from some um, experiences, either from, again, from their childhood or from past relationships, where they could not really predict the connection with their loved one or their partner, mm-hmm. and maybe some sometimes it was really healthy and it felt safe and it was secure and it was very predictable for them, while other times it wasn't, and the right. person may have abandoned them, may have hurt them, there may have been some trauma involved, And so that person is very um, ambivalent about that intimacy. Like they want it deep down, Mm -hmm. right? Because we are all wired for that type of intimacy and connection. So in their heart, they they, they deeply want to connect, but then there's also this fear of being hurt Mm -hmm. or being abandoned. Right. And so that's why it's called disorganized and fearful. So sometimes they really, really crave it. They want that connection. They want that intimacy. But then when it's there, they get, oh, wait a minute. You know, this is what, you know, they get a little nervous and, anxious mm-hmm. and they anxious and they actually may push their partner away. So sometimes these, you know, these attachment styles will actually sabotage, you know, unintentionally their relationship because they're afraid that once that person is close to them, they're afraid of being hurt again. So they may you know, pursue them and, and once they get them, they may push them away and then once they feel like the person maybe is losing interest or maybe they feel like the person is feeling a little distant to them, then they get anxious and they want to pull them back again. So it's kind of like the old double dutch, you know, yeah. going back and forth yeah. like this. And that's what happens with them when they get really anxious in the relationship. So those are the three basic types, Sharon. Um, The fourth one is really just uh, what we would call a a secure attachment type. And this is someone who basically has been blessed to have really safe, secure, consistent relationships from their parents or their grandparents or whoever raised them, whoever was part of their village were very predictable, they were very consistent, they were very healthy, and it created for this person a very safe, secure um, experience with relationships with people that are close to them. And then maybe as they grew up and they, you know, went through their teen years, had their first boyfriend or girlfriend, those relationships were on the whole healthy, right? And so they attached, you know, in a very healthy, secure way in those relationships. So these are the individuals that feel very comfortable with being in relationships, with communicating. Um, They're okay with, you know, sort of being with someone Mm -hmm. who, you know, depends uh, on them for emotional support. They're okay with that. Um, they tend not to get rattled when things aren't going very well in the relationship. They tend to be very grounded individuals, so mm-hmm. they're not real, real high and overly excited. They tend to kind of are able to understand what's going on with themselves. And they are very open to communicating and talking about things. And they feel generally safe in relationships. Mm-hmm. They don't get really anxious. They don't tend to get you know really jealous and things of that nature. Again, they tend to be just very grounded individuals, very confident in relationships and typically have, you know, pretty good self-esteem. So they don't really get too, um, you know, emotionally, you know, um, up and down and all over right, the place yeah, in right. relationships. Right. So that's kind of like the, the three or four. The fourth would be, as again, like I said, the last one is more of a safe or or a, a secure relationship person.
0: That's some really, really good, good information. Time. I can actually kind of relate. See, that's why I'm in therapy, because I feel like I can relate to all four four of them, you know, in a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm so sorry, Sharon. I should have said that none of these are like etched in stone. So you Mm -hmm. can move through all of these. Right. You can move through all these through the different stages and seasons in your life you can move through all of these in one relationship. You you can start off in the relationship and be the real anxious pursuer and and then at some point maybe something happens in the relationship where there's some type of attachment injury or there's a betrayal and now you're more fearful and you stay in the relationship. So now you move from like maybe, maybe you were secure Mm -hmm. in the relationship and now you're feeling more disorganized or fearful right. because yeah. you're worried about you still care about this person but you're afraid to get hurt again so i should have said that at the very onset sharing that none of these are written in stone you really mm-hmm. can move through but i generally find in my work that individuals tend to have a default position that they more naturally kind of gravitate to yeah
0: but that's yeah. where that's where i feel um mm. i won't say issue but i feel like that's where the challenge lies you know Um, in your relationships where you have to first identify your attachment style Um, Mm -hmm. and like who you are as a person and where that comes from you know we talk about a lot of times you know going back and and facing our childhood and and just understanding why behaviors we have as adults that um you know and why we react and respond to the things especially when it comes to relationship since we're talking about that, anyway.
1: That's right. And so, right.
0: um, if you be real with yourself and you be honest with yourself, you're able to, you know, listen to those different attachment styles and identify yourself with them in mm-hmm. hopes that it will help you communicate better in your relationships. That's or right. Or maneuver yes. through your relationships. And it's whether it is um, romantic relationships, friendships, or family members, like, your attachment styles affects all of those relationships. Absolutely.
1: Every type of a relationship. You're absolutely right, Sharon. and it is, it is really important to know what your attachment style is, because like you said, it will help you to navigate and to show up in those relationships the way that you really want to. You know, so, if you know you're an anxious pursuer, you may have to realize that sometimes you are going to feel, I'm going to use today's vernacular, you're yeah. going <laughs> to feel a little extra to some people, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's just your attachment style. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a problem with kind of putting yourself out there, communicating. You know, I'm an anxious pursuer. So I know this one very well. Right? Yeah. And, and, and we're okay with putting our hearts on our mm-hmm. sleeve. We, we, we just kind of say how we feel. And we put it out there. Right. And so if you know that, but then you also realize that not everyone responds well in that same way, like mm-hmm. another attachment style, like maybe uh, an avoided withdrawal type, that may feel like you're coming on too strong and mm-hmm. may kind of spook them a little bit. So what you have to kind of understand is how to slow down mm-hmm. and kind of just, you know, you know, approach your communication and your interactions, particularly if you're in a relationship, a little slower Mm -hmm. and a little softer. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this attachment style, as I said, there tend to be very good communicators and they can talk really fast and talk a lot.
0: (laughs) I think I can relate.
1: (laughs) So, And, and, you know, I
0: used to, like, when I first, you know, when we first talked about this, you know, as an anxious person, I kind of freaked out like, oh, my God, that's why nothing <laughs> works out, you know. But, you know, I want to expose it and talk about it because it's, ne- it's neither one of these attachment styles are bad. It's just a product of your environment, how- where you come from and what you experience in life. And so sure. the important thing is that you identify so that you can better um, make decisions or maneuver through your relationships and have more healthier relationships. So
1: um, That's exactly right, Sharon.
0: So I know you went over all the different ones, and it's a lot, you know, to digest for a minute, you know. So I know if you got to rewind and go back and listen, that's fine. Go ahead (laughs) and do that because that's why it's here for you to do that. Um, So just one last thing, um, just some examples of how the attachment styles can affect your relationship in the unhealthy way, in ways that we can identify, like, um, or different issues that come up in, um, if we see it repeatedly throughout our relationships, yeah. how to identify and correct, you know what I'm saying? Because it's actually, it's, it could be a learned behavior. And yeah. we teach ourselves some of these ways as a protection mechanism. And so I want to make sure that we know how to properly reteach ourselves, you know, and, and, <sighs> behave differently or make better decisions so we can have healthier relationships. So help me and help us understand what are some healthy tips that you can give each attachment oh, style. Oh, so
1: sure. I'd be happy to. So for the anxious pursuer type, right? The anxious pursuer is, is, as I said before, their deep underlying attachment need is to feel that connection and that bond. And that makes them feel safe and secure within their relationships. So anything that threatens that feeling of the connection with their loved one is going to make them feel anxious. It's going to create this unrest and this uneasiness in them. And it makes them anxious. Mm -hmm. This truly can make them anxious in the relationship. And so what they do then is that they will begin to pursue their partner. And sometimes the pursuing becomes very, very persistent. Mm -hmm. And it can be overwhelming. overwhelming. To the person that you're in a relationship with, particularly if they are a avoidant and a withdrawing type, Mm -hmm. Um, they they may become extremely overwhelmed because you may be very comfortable with intense emotion and just, you know, really processing things and talking about things that's going on Mm -hmm. in the relationship for long stretches of time, whereas your partner may have a much shorter, smaller threshold and they can't really talk and talk and talk and talk. It becomes overwhelming to them at some point. So if you're getting that feedback from your partner, it may not be because they just feel like what you're saying is not important. They may not be really saying to you it's not valuable. It just may be too much, too intense at one time. Mm -hmm. So as I said, one of the tidbits of of advice that I give to anxious pursuers like myself, I had to learn this myself Mm -hmm. personally, as well as, you know, when I've worked with others who also have this attachment style, is to slow down. Mm -hmm. And so how you slow yourself down is to realize that the core of it comes from anxious energy. And so the first thing that you have to do is learn how to ground yourself. Mm -hmm deep breathe pray if you need to if that works for you and um, a lot of people that I know that are you know Christians they they really need and rely on that that spiritual connection and Mm -hmm. praying to help them to calm down when they're feeling unsettled in the relationship so that is the most important thing Sharon is to slow down calm yourself try to ground yourself so that anxious energy doesn't overwhelm your partner right? Yeah. So you can speak even slower when you're calm and relaxed, right? And so sometimes it's just the the volume of words and how quickly it's coming out to your partner. It's just too much. It feels overwhelming. For you, you just feel like you're expressing yourself and you're just talking, but all of that anxious energy is coming out. So the first thing that I always help anxious pursuers to do is to learn how to calm themselves down, to self soothe is what we call it in the you know clinical vernacular and to help to ground yourself so that when you do have these conversations it does not or you reduce the possibility mm-hmm. that you're saying things so fast, too much, it's too intense, and you're actually creating this overwhelmed feeling in your partner. So that's the anxious pursuer. Just learn how to slow down, go soft, and really be aware of your own anxious Um, emotional inner world that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. and try to address that before you have any type of really important conversation with your loved one right so number two for the avoidant withdrawing type there's anxiety too that's at the root of theirs you know their fear of being not good enough right missing the mark you know um so again they are very concerned and very worried about feeling inadequate in the Mm -hmm. relationship. Right. And so there, are uh, the tip for them also is to the same thing. Ground yourself, breathe, calm down, pray and try to really get to a place where you can actually take in what your partner is saying and listen. And so if you can calm yourself and ground yourself, you will hopefully be able to be less defensive in your response, because a lot of times that's how avoided withdrawing um, attachment styles may come across as a love or cold or uncaring or, you know, and really is that's not what's happening is that mm-hmm. they're feeling so anxious that they're actually shutting, shutting down. down. They're getting quiet or they are physically, you know, leaving the room, leaving the house, whatever they're doing to get away from that overwhelmed, anxious feeling. It's not at all that they don't care. That's typically not really what's at the root of it. What's really at the root of it is anxiety. So again, being aware of how you're feeling in your body, trying to really manage that anxious feeling, and being able to turn towards your partner, your loved one, and sit with them in that you know space of uncertainty or frustration or whatever it is that you're having a difficult time with. And if you can turn to and be calm and be more grounded, then you're... Uh, partner, your loved one tends to also be calmer too. So it's really about each person taking responsibility for whatever energy they're bringing into the relationship, just like you um, are responsible for whatever past hurts or traumas or experience you bring into the relationship. All of that plays out. So for the uh, avoidant withdrawal, it's also about calming those inner nerves and, and being able to turn towards your partner because when you walk away, it triggers when you withdraw, it triggers your partner, especially if they're an anxious pursuer. It triggers those very um, raw uh, attachment fears of being abandoned. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but if you pursue too vigorously or too hard, come on too strong, so to speak, as an anxious pursuer, you also create that same level of anxiety in your loved um, one or partner if they happen to be avoided withdrawing type. Um, and then for the last type, you know, it's really about, again, understanding, okay, well, what makes me so afraid, um, when this person gets close to me, Mm -hmm. why do I shut it down? Why do I self-sabotage, right? Again, rooted in anxiety and understanding where this is coming from for you. And this is key for all three. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Sharon, you may need to get yourself a good therapist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and work through it, right? You may work, you need to work through some stuff from your childhood you may need to work through some past trauma and relationships that you've experienced or trauma that goes back to your childhood, right? Because all of those things affect the way that you show up in your relationships as an adult. So a lot of this may require that you get some professional help from a good therapist where you can develop a really solid, trusting relationship with and begin to really process Mm -hmm. and like unpack a lot of these emotions and feelings and so I think if you can be really curious about yourself as a person, like one of the best um, questions that you can ask yourself is, "Why do I do that? Why do I think that way? Why do yes. I feel that way?" Yeah. And then try to like work through it, you know. And like I said, with a, uh, a in a safe space mm-hmm. with a really good therapist who you trust is the best. I think one of the best ways. To answer some of those, those really important questions.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can definitely say I agree. Because mm-hmm. for me, although I didn't know what was going to happen when I called, I remember um, you asked me, you said, well, why do you want to come to therapy? I said, hold on one second, let me get my notebook. <laughs> 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 and, you know, I I was intentional about things that I saw, particularly in myself with the different relationships in my own personal life whether it was a friendship my family members romantic or um work you know relationships um i i just was seeing a a a continuance, what what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> Yeah, like a pattern, pattern, cycle, mm-hmm. like a cycle mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In, in all of my relationships. So something just said, and something in me was like, okay, if it's like that with every relationship, okay, then I need to figure out what, it, what is it about me that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it has to be something about me that's causing something. So why do I respond like this? Why do I react like this? Or why do, you know, and so when I got curious, like you said, about myself, I needed help mm-hmm. on how to figure out, those things Absolutely. um i also remember my pastor saying you know sometimes we have to go back and face some of those things from our childhood and i remember saying well how you do that how you go back and face I, like how? Oh, well, i'm supposed to go and tell the person i was mad at that i was bad at you back in 1992 you know like i was just trying to figure out how do you do that and clearly as soon as i asked that question um my pastor went and said just go get you a therapist and I was like, okay, say no more. You know, right. I talked to a friend. She recommended you and, and me. I, of course, I tried to make all excuses. I said, all right, now, if he late, I ain't going in that building. But you are on time. You know, I was like, dog, dog, I got to go in. But I, I was still intentional, like, about going because I knew that it was something that I needed to learn from yeah. this experience. And so, you know, for me, I do encourage people to come. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and plug in, a, you know. Where they can find sure. you. and Because you're great. You're great. And I recommend you because I'm passionate about therapy. I'm passionate about understanding yourself. And yeah. I do believe that it's important to find a therapist that fits you
1: yeah. Absolutely. and your needs. Oh, you just said a whole word just then, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people... First of all, I think therapy gets a bad rap, unfortunately, mm-hmm. still. yeah. Um, thankfully, not as much as it did before. But there's still somewhat of a stigma that surrounds, you know... Therapy mental health and therapy, especially in the Black community.
0: Especially in our community.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so so I appreciate you just um, creating this platform, this podcast sharing to really encourage people mm-hmm. not to suffer in silence. There's yes, just no definitely. To, That's to the whole point. And yeah. And I hope this encourages people. I you do. Know? Um, but you're absolutely right. You, you have to find someone that you're comfortable with. And I'm a firm believer in shopping around Because if it doesn't work for you, if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel like that person gets you, if you don't feel like there's a connection there, therapy is most effective when the relationship is good. good. And so you can look at all kinds of research, um, Sharon, and the research bears it out time and time again. It is not as important how many letters that they have behind their name, how much schooling they have, how many certifications, how long none of those things are really as important as how well can you connect Connect. with your therapist, Mm -hmm. right? How well do you feel that they they get you? How much trust do you have in that therapeutic relationship? So you can come in and you don't feel like you have to still hide certain things Mm -hmm. or hold back certain things. Or fear being judged in some way, right? Mm-hmm. That's your safe space. Safe space. Yes. yes you <laughs> work all of that stuff out. right? It's Maybe ugly,
0: and here. I love it. It's it's, it's right. beautiful, and I love it. It's confusing, and right. I love it. But right. I see the growth. You know, I see the yes. rose growing out the concrete. You know, so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's exciting. And I want to share that. And so, like, even for me going through my process, and you know, many of my listeners probably going to know. A little bit of my story but even going through my process I, I i'm okay with sharing the ugly stage because i've suffered in silence and i don't want to do it no more by myself and yeah. i find out that releasing that and talking to other people and just sharing that it's healing in that and so Absolutely. so yeah i mean that's 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 yeah. my purpose and you know sometimes yeah. i don't want to do it and i'll be scared
1: And and I'm so glad that you're saying that, Sharon, because that is so real. Mm -hmm. Like that's the real part of it. Right. And that is what will keep, unfortunately, a lot of people from not picking up the phone, from from not making that first appointment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I I really appreciate the fact that you're keeping it real and saying, yeah, that was me, too. I was scared. I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But the more that you put into it, you know, Mm -hmm. go ahead and invest in yourself. Yeah, just try it. And don't be afraid to, you know, I, I not don't hop ship immediately unless something really crazy happens in the first session, but give it a couple of sessions, you know, two or three sessions and see if that vibe is there, right? Mm-hmm. See if that energy between you and the therapist is good. If you feel like there's a connection and there's no shame in saying, you know, I don't think we're a good fit. That's mm-hmm. okay. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, Sharon, right. believe it or not, as hard as that may be, be to believe. I'm very. to sit. I can't tell, <laughs> I can't tell. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, you know? And so that's okay. I want that person to get mm-hmm. the help that they need. And if it's not from me, my bigger concern is that you get the help Amen. and it needs to be someone right. that you feel comfortable with right. and you feel safe with. If you prefer to have a female because you're a woman or if you're a guy and you want a guy or if you're a black man and you want a, an African-American, you want another brother to mm-hmm. to be, you know, sitting across from you when you're on the couch. That Those are preferences and you have... I, you have to give yourself full permission mm-hmm. to select who you feel is going to best understand you, connect with you, get you, and help you as you go through this journey of self-discovery and healing. And so that's what we do mm-hmm. at Palmer Counseling and Consulting, there we go. as I said before. <laughs> me and my my beautiful wife, um, Valisa Palmer, um, we, we uh, uh, own the practice, and we have a beautiful team. There's 12 of us all together. And if you want to go check us out on our website at palmercouncil.com, you'll see our, our lovely diverse faces mm-hmm. up there. Um, and we just have, my squad is the best. I'm sorry. I just Hands, down. Out there. Hands <laughs> down. I'm telling
0: we, you. Y'all locked in.
1: We have a great, we have a great team. And, and I'm not saying that to brag because I know God has been good and it's mm-hmm. been word of mouth mm-hmm. and we have carefully um, and, and selected, but I think they've already been divinely selected and put in, um, on our team and in our family at PCC. So we are super tight. We have a really, really great team of clinicians who are just super talented. I mean, just blessed with working with children, with working with, um, adults. They do individual work. They work with couples. They work with families. Um, My wife loves working with millennials. Um, My jam is is I work mostly with couples now. I do a lot of couples work. I'm a relationship expert, so I love helping people figure out their relationships. If it's individual work, um, occasionally I see individuals and they will be more, a lot of times, working on their relationship with themselves. And I mm-hmm. want that to get right first. And then you can figure out relationships with everybody else. Right. Once right. you figure out your relationship with yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. and, and from a spiritual perspective, once you figure out your relationship with God, that's and true. then that helps you set the groundwork yeah, and the so foundation true. for your relationships. And I think a lot of times people put it backwards. They try to find themselves in a relationship. And to some degree, that is true. Mm-hmm. You, you should grow with your partner. But you really should have a very strong sense of yourself. What are your core values? What's most important to you? What are your non-negotiables? You should already know your relationship goals before you go into a relationship and give yourself full autonomy and empowerment to say, if it's not there, if those things are not present for you, Mm -hmm. to opt out of that relationship and be single for a season. And then move into another relationship as one, you know, may present itself, but understand what's most important to you. Because I find that when people begin to compromise the core things, the things that are most important, that's what brings on the depression. That's what brings on the anxiety. That's what brings on the low self-esteem. That's what brings on the doubt and all of those other things that come along. The more you move away from your core and from your center, those things that you know about yourself to be true, but you compromise because you want to be in that relationship, Mm -hmm. it never works out. You always wind up feeling some type of way, typically, like I said, anxious, depressed, Mm -hmm. worried, uncertain, insecure, right? All of those things. Be true to yourself. But you've got to do the work work. to know who you are and know what's important to you. Right, Sharon? That's what you have to do. I'd
0: be excited about the work. I mean, it's hard. (laughs) It's difficult and it is a challenge, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. So, um, again, I thank you for joining me today on this episode. And to all my listeners, um, I appreciate you for joining us as well. And I I pray you have many, many takeaways that you can go and meditate on. And, and use in your current relationships so and just remember at the end of the day we do not have to suffer in silence we not got sure. this sis and bros if you're listening <laughs> 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 thank you sis for tuning in today's episode until next time we got this sis